so you know I felt like I did something wrong just by being an innocent kid playing with the kid in the neighborhood and you know Alabama in the summer it's awful hot right and I told you know hey man let's go inside and play the Nintendo right my aunt at some point walks in there and says hey your grandpa is so mad at you I've never seen him this mad you need to tell Peanut he needs to go right now Peanut was an African American kid As parents, it's harder to have that conversation, right? And to, to talk about racism or sexism or religion or whatever it is, right? Those are hard parental conversations. You know, we should foster that communication and have those conversations, you know, as parents with our kids. back to Under the Skin, where we explore difficult conversations like race, religion, sexism, politics, and we ultimately are just looking to explore perspectives, evaluate our thoughts, and evolve. Uh, today, we have with us Josh, who has an interesting racial experience. Josh has a really interesting background. And we wanted to bring him on because he has two kids and wanted to have a, a good discussion around what it means to parent equality and tolerance. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Keith. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for being on. Um, so as we get into this, you know, we've spent a, a fair amount of time in past episodes talking a little bit about what our experience has been. Help us understand a little bit about where your sensitivity to race has come from and what your story is, what your background. Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of starting from, uh, you know, growing up, right? So I grew up in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, uh, moved to Cincinnati when I was 13. But uh, up until that point, I lived in Alabama. Um, my grandfather, uh, you know, was, um, definitely racist and, you know, no, no bones about it. Right. Um, you know, my folks tried to really go against that. Um, you know, my father, uh, was a minister. So yeah, it was, it was really important, uh, to him that, you know, we kind of saw, uh, everyone equally. Uh, but there were still some, you know, undertones there, um, you know, we can get into some specifics, right? But, uh, things that stood out to me, uh, as a kid that I thought, um, just didn't quite add up, right? So, you know, so definitely some extremes there, um, you know, uh, from early childhood, right? Uh, and then, you know. Is there a particular story that you remember that caused you to, like you said, question some inconsistencies? Yeah. Yeah. So, and maybe it would help if I kind of got into my grandpa a little bit. So there's okay. a, a couple of, you know, stories along those lines, right? So I don't think, you know, it was easy to, to identify as a kid, like the words he used were hurtful and bad, right? I mean, that was, that was easy. When um, you wait real, real quick, when you say as a kid, like how old approximately did, were you able now, to recognize? Seven, eight, right? Really? Um, yeah. Was it just was it recognizable because because you knew that from your parents like hey don't say Correct. this oh, okay yep. yeah basically parents saying hey those are things we don't say right those hurt people right and it was also the tone right I mean contextually you could tell um, how did how did they 
like they call it out in the moment or they afterwards say, hey, you know, grandpa said this, but we don't yeah. this." or how did that work yeah. out? Yeah. Yeah. It was always kind of after the fact. My family is definitely not, you know, confrontational. And in fact, some of the mm. things that Keith and I have spoken about in the past, uh, you, you know, that I know we'll, we'll get into when my kids said something to me, um, you know, I kind of downplayed it at first and then, you know, brought it back up later on. And that's just, uh, I, I think kind of a part of who I am and, you know, how I was raised. So yeah, it was definitely, uh, kind of discussed after the fact, right. In the circle of trust, if you will. Right. Yeah. Or, in the minivan heading back home and it's just our uh, immediate family. Gotcha. So, one, so one incident in particular that really yeah. jumped out when I was, I must've been around eight years old and I was playing with a kid in the neighborhood and you know, Alabama in the summer, it's awful hot. Right. And, uh, we had planned to be over at my grandpa's all day. So I brought my Nintendo over there and I told the guy's name, his nickname was peanut. Right. So I told peanut, Hey man, let's go inside and play the Nintendo. Right. Peanut was an African-American kid, and uh, my aunt at some point walks in there and says, hey, Josh, I need to talk to you. Pulls me aside, and she said, your grandpa is so mad at you. I've never seen him this mad. You need to tell Peanut he needs to go right now. Um, so, you know, I felt like I did something wrong just by being an innocent kid, right? So that was certainly one extreme. Um so easy to recognize as a kid that that was did wrong. Your, did your aunt tell you why he needed to leave and why your grandpa was mad at you? Or did you just know because you knew your grandpa? I put two and two together at that point. Okay. At um, eight, you could figure it out. Yeah, it, it was It was like a... It, it was, was a known quantity at that point. It was a known quantity, yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Yep. And so how did you... So you he was mad at you, but how did you feel at that point? Like when you... Had to kick your friend out. <laughs> Good question. I was definitely like, as a kid, just kind of like, what? Like this doesn't add up. It didn't seem right. Um, you know, I wouldn't say I was embarrassed because I, I don't know. Um, I don't think I, I don't think I was that old and that mature uh, emotionally, right? But mm-hmm. definitely felt felt bad. Felt bad that I had to tell Peanut to leave. It didn't seem right. We were having fun, right? And then. You know, I felt bad that I disappointed my grandpa. You know, my grandpa was definitely racist, but uh, had a lot of good traits, too, you know, and sure. uh, definitely someone I looked up to for a lot of reasons. But, you know, that was one of his negative traits. Right. So, you know, yeah, I definitely felt bad that I disappointed him. Um, it created immediate tension with my parents and him. We ended up not staying the whole day. We left early um, because of that. Right. So, mm. you know, I just kind of made the whole day awkward and I felt like I caused it. So, um, yeah, it was not ideal. So, so your parents after that, did you Mm -hmm. have one of those minivan conversations in the car or I guess, you know, where I'm trying to go with that in general is you looked up to your grandfather for all of his good qualities, Mm -hmm. yet that one didn't stick. And, you know, kind of talking about the overall context of this conversation, but mm-hmm. we'll get there in a bit. The idea of parenting, what did your parents do to help ensure that didn't stick like after that type of event? Yes. We, we just talked about confrontation, right? And this was one of the few times I can remember my parents confronting my grandfather about it. So my dad said, Hey, you know, that's, that's wrong. You know, he's just a kid, right? There's, there's no is need this, for that. You know, I'm sorry. Is this your, um, paternal grandfather or maternal? 
paternal. Okay. So it's his dad. And how old would, how old would you say your dad was at the time? Oh, see, he must have been, you know, kind of mid thirties. Okay. So that was a moment when he confronted. So how did that play out? Was it a, was it a heated confrontation or was it just a, like, hey, what? Like, how did how did that moment play out? Were you there for that? Uh, until I was asked to go outside. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was heated. Um, but it wasn't. It's one of those things. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like arguing politics with someone. It's a you're you know just beating a dead horse, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go anywhere. Um. So in the car afterwards, like, what was the conversation with your parents? Kind of going back to the idea that you looked up to your grandfather, but this this particular thing didn't seem to stick with you. But that could have been a moment that you could have gone, Grandpa, I get it, and I'm with you, and you didn't, right? So what was that ride home like? Do you remember it? That was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, uh, it, it was kind of the standard stuff. I mean, my parents did, they, they tried to work hard to make sure that, um, that, you know, we saw everyone as equals, right? Regardless of religion, color of skin, whatnot, definitely more so in color of skin than religion, right? Um, because of my dad's profession. Your dad's but, a minister, you know, right? Yeah. 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 But still, they, they, they respected folks of other religions, right? And, uh, you know, wanted to make sure that, that we understood that, you know, God put everyone on the planet for a reason, right? And, you know, everyone's equal and all that good stuff. So, you know, we talked a lot about that and that made sense to me as a kid, right? Even at a young age, like, why, 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 why does he hate these people? What, what have they ever done to him? It never, uh, it never added up to me, right? So, um, it was easy to dismiss his, you know, poor decisions and bad behavior, right? Even, yeah. Even as a kid. So, so taking that. Oh, go ahead. Rob. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just wanted. To, it's interesting. I, you said Birmingham. I forgot. I forgot. Keith did actually mention Birmingham. I have family in Birmingham um, that's been there for a long, long time. And mm-hmm. so I'm curious, just from a. And you don't have to go. I don't know how deep you can go into it, but from your grandfather's standpoint, like, is he? Is your family spanned back in Birmingham for a long period of time? And, like, even, like, his parentage, like, because it'd be interesting to uh, get a a feel for, um, you know, did he have an experience like that when he was eight? And and it just went the other way for him, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting you ask that because uh, probably two months ago, I don't think I could have answered that question really well, but um, <laughs> kind of uh, was recovering uh, three weeks ago and uh, found Ancestry.com, and this is obviously not a plug for Ancestry.com, but got <laughs> got wrapped up in it for uh, hey, you know, one day. One part day of... we hope to have sponsors, so maybe <laughs> maybe maybe this fits right in. Right? Yeah. But uh, you know, kind of like got totally engulfed in that. You know, lost forty eight hours of my life. But um, yeah, it was it was a great experience. I had no idea. Uh, like, you know, my, my, my surname, right. Or my last name, uh, you know, where that came from and in, in terms of Europe and whatnot, uh, my grandfather, like I knew this uh, as a kid, but you know, we didn't really talk about it too much. And it was interesting to see it once I started, you know, kind of coming across birth records and stuff. His mom died the day after he was born. His oh. dad died when he was two. 
So he was raised by an aunt. Um, on his side, like his great grandfather, uh, as I was tracing it back, had like four wives and 30 kids. And I'm going, holy cow, how does that even work? Right. And, you know, I, I kept doing some digging and I found out he had a decent amount of land and had 10 slaves. So, you know, I was thinking, okay, now that makes sense because the wives weren't actually raising the kid, right? It was, you know, probably slaves. I'm thinking, holy cow, how just mathematically, how can you have 30 kids, right? It right. was blowing my mind. Um, so, you know, not too far removed from that, right? So, um, yeah, so I'm sure things like that factored into his upbringing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, can I, um, can I pivot there for a second? How does it like knowing that in your family history kind of today, and you've only known that for a couple of months, maybe mm-hmm. a month, how does, how does that, how does that sit with you? So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting, right? It's stuff that you kind of always um, assumed, right? Both my mom and dad are you know, I'm like seventh, eighth generation American, right? We've been in the States, you know, for a long time, right? And both mom and dad's side have been in Alabama as long back as when I asked my, my grandpa, who's still around on my mom's side, uh, you know, where, uh, where their last name came from. And, you know, based on the surname, I was pretty sure it was, it was England, but I'm like, hey, you know, where, where's the name from? He's like, North Carolina. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, all right. I'll just leave, leave that one alone, right? We'll, we'll so I knew my, my family had been from the South. So, you know, assumed most of that stuff. But when I was doing, uh, y- you know, research on my mom's side, my dad's side was actually more documented. Um, but on my mom's side, it was harder. And to be honest with you, I, I got, basically every time you hit a Confederate soldier, it's a brick wall. Cause you could just see in the civil war, how often guys died. Right. And the uh, you know death records weren't well maintained. So, um, I didn't get near as far on my mom's side because a lot of those guys were Confederate soldiers and, and passed in the war. So, um, so interesting. Yeah. So I, I think to get back to your question, I kind of, you know, knew, knew that was there. Right. Um, I don't know. It doesn't, it's, it's, it's just part of like, it's part of your DNA, but, um, yeah, uh, I, uh, I have, oh, I have a so question to keep, keep your story going, but I, I'm it, a thought on this and it's fascinating to me because growing up where I grew up and a lot of the people that I've ever had an ancestry type of conversation with, mm-hmm. and this is maybe a, a cultural difference between the South and the North, because I never lived in the South, is that tie to seventh or eighth generation in America. I know a lot of people, and I'm, what, third, second generation in America, where my grandparents were born and raised in, in French Canada, mm-hmm. right? So... I know a lot of people that fit that mold. Um, don't know a lot of people. I think that's a fascinating uh, lineage that frames up a lot of perspective for a lot of people who have that type of environment and don't have the parents saying, "Hey, grandpa's grandpa's wrong on this," because they mm-hmm. went a different direction. They have parents that say, "Yep, 
that's where we are. Mm -hmm. And that kind of carries forward. So, um, but on that, you know, kind of taking, so eight years old, it's a, it's a, it's a powerful story. Thank you for sharing it. Now, 13, you moved to Cincinnati. So, and wait, we got it. I was just, I, I know, I knew you were going to go there. And I'm wondering, what's this Birmingham Cincy connection? Cause like, that's where my grandma went. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. From Birmingham to, to yeah. Cincy. Like, what is the, we, we gotta, we gotta dig into that. Yeah. So, wow. yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, it's, it was just a job. So it's not a great story, but you know, um, like, like I said, all of my, uh, you know, family, both mom and dad's side basically live, they still live in Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what, yeah, we, what age did your grandfather pass? How old were you? I was 12. He okay, was, so uh, it was just before you moved to Cincinnati. Correct. Yep. Now, he does the a, rest of the family, is there a sense of that? Actually, I was 14 because one of my like favorite memories of my grandpa, he did come up and see me play one baseball game. He was really into sports um, and very supportive, would come to watch you know, a number of games. At this point, he had emphysema you know, chronic emphysema, really bad on oxygen. They made the trek up to Cincinnati. I had a home run that game over the Coca-Cola sign. Right. And next time we went down, that's all he could talk about. Right. And you know what I mean? As a, whatever, 14 year old kid, that's a, that's a, so that's like my last positive memory, right. Of my grandpa after that, he was pretty sick and, you know, um, but anyway, you know, it was, yeah, it was cool. So it must've been 14. Um, okay. Anyway. So, how did then, so you have this time, you're around that type of environment, it mm-hmm. didn't really impact you, but now you're a teenager and a lot can happen and change and you move to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. What type of, how, how was the environment different for you at that point? Well, yeah. And if, if I can take a quick step back too. So yeah, please. there were a couple of things. So even though my parents, and this was one thing I would really like to explore with you guys. And I question. Uh, myself as a parent, right? And I'm curious to get your guys' perspective. But, um, you know, my parents tried really hard on the surface um, to kind of preach equality, right? And to help us realize that everyone's created equal. But there were a couple of like subtle things that stuck out to me where I was like, are they racist? <laughs> you know, and um, like one was, uh, we had some neighbors of folks, uh, that moved in right across the street. Um, you know, we're, we're African Americans, right? And I remember, I don't, I think it was my mom said, oh, it's going to hurt the property value. I was like, what? You know, and, you know, How so. How old were you? How old were you? Was oh, it in Alabama? It was in Alabama, yeah. So I was probably 10 ish at the time, 10, 11. Um, so I'm kind of like, what? why would that hurt the property value? Like it didn't, it didn't make sense, you know? And then, um, I, I don't know, at some point we were talking about dating or something like that. And they're like, Oh, but you know, you don't want to date an African American girl. And I'm like, what? And they're like, no, we, we just s- stick with our kind, you know? And I'm like, what? Like, like that's racist, right? Like, uh, you know, it kind of contradicted everything that I thought, you know, they were trying to, to tell us. So, you know, one thing that, and then I look at myself, right. And I'm like, man, are there going to be subtle things? Cause I try really hard to, you know, 
you know, I don't want to say preach equality, but, you know, definitely, you know, help my kids understand that we were all put on this planet as equals, regardless of, you know, how we look or, you know, how we feel religiously and all that good stuff. And I wonder if there are subtle things like that, that I do that, you know, could perhaps be perceived as, you know, racist. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious about that. And I'm curious to get your guys' perspective, right? Are there kind of levels of racism, right? Because I, I think if you asked either one of my parents, they would say they're absolutely not racist, right? But there's some, there's some subtleties, you know, like that. Um, you know, my, I, I definitely will. Let's, let's table that for just a few seconds. Cause I want to close off on one last question on your mm-hmm. background, because I think it's important before we get into that. So you talk about these subtleties with your parents, you talk about your grandparents, and I'm mm-hmm. sure there were other influences in the family just from, you know, seventh or eight, seven, eight generations, you know, sure. slavery in the family tree, et cetera. How, what, like, all of that stuff, obviously, and you're here today because, you know, it's important to you to, to, to be aware and, you know, make sure that there, this is, this isn't a continued trend over time. Mm-hmm. How, how did your, how did that, like, what is your perspective today and how did that come about? Um, and, you know, from there, um, I definitely want to explore what you just talked about. What is my per- perspective today on what? On race, on race. I mean, Even, yeah. So, like I said, I mean, I, I definitely, you know, we tell our kids and I think that I truly believe that we are all put here as equals. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we are a product of our upbringing for sure, but you know, you shouldn't look at anyone differently because of how they look right. Or, you know, or anything like that. So I like to think that I truly believe that we are all put here equal. Now, um, kind of getting back to what we just discussed. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I you know, when you do a lot of self-reflection, right. You know, I wonder if, there are subtle things that I don't pick up on. Right. And I've kind of got my blinders. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I truly believe that we're all put here equal. So I have a couple of thoughts, but I have a question for, so I, I, I like the, the thought like equality on the surface and then like kind of seeing these things. Um, man, the concept of levels of racism is, is, is big. I think, um, so my question is, what's your take on the idea? Like, there's a couple camps on the idea of talking to children about differences based on skin color mm-hmm. and not, right? Mm-hmm. Like, some people are like, yep. no, we shouldn't point it out because, like, we'll teach it. And there's some yep. people that say we should point it out because they see it. What, how, where do you mm-hmm. fall on that? And then I, and I, and I and I I am avoiding your question on levels of racism, but I want to come. I want to talk about this yeah. and come come back into it. Yeah. So yeah, great question. And um, we definitely kind of fall into the camp uh, that you know we just we don't we're not proactive about it, right? We're not going out and say, oh, you know, um, you know, everyone's created equal and blah blah blah. We kind of we've my wife and I have kind of waited until that came up and. One thing that uh, I I think was the catalyst to kind of bring this conversation up, Keith and I were talking one day, and my my daughter who's seven pointed out um, the fact that she goes, Dad, I've I've noticed, uh, and I you know, 
we used to we we're big Cincinnati Reds fans, right? And go to a fair amount of games. And you know, I like watching other sports on TV. And, and she goes, "Hey, Dad, I've I've noticed that you know in in football, there's a lot of guys that have darker skin, right? And in basketball, they almost all have dark skin. And there's not as many in baseball. And I was like, yeah, that's true. But that doesn't matter, right? You know, we're all equal. And she's like, yeah, of course. And, you know, we kind of left it at that, right? And when I when I told Keith that story, he just about fell out of his chair. You know, he's like, holy cow, like what an opportunity to talk, you know? And um, <laughs> it's, it's funny that, it, you know, for us, we definitely brought it up after the fact. She just blindsided me and I hadn't, you know, prepared myself mentally for that conversation. It was kind of heavy and yeah. sooner she was probably six at the time. Right. So I'm going, holy cow, man. Like that was, it's pretty observant for a six year old. But um, any, anyway, like our, our stance was, Hey, look, let's, I don't want to say downplay it, but downplay it, right? Like, yeah, everyone's equal. Who, who cares, right? It doesn't matter. They're all professional athletes. They're great regardless of their color or their skin, right? So that was kind of the stance we took. So we didn't do anything proactive about it. We did bring it up later on just to kind of make sure that, you know, we acknowledge that, you know, you are you are right. I mean, I think um, with the stuff that came out this week with, with Adam Jones, right, and I'm a Big Adam Jones fan. If you guys watch the World Baseball Classic, mm-hmm. he was he was and a force for those to be out there. Adam Adam Jones is the center fielder for the Baltimore Orioles and was commented about how a Boston Red Sox fan uh, called him the N word while he was in the box, uh, the batter's box, and um, threw a few other racial slurs at him uh, while he was at Fenway Park. So uh, that's what Josh is referring to. Yeah. yeah I, so, so I didn't I didn't actually pick up that news. Did did that happen this week or he just talked about it this week? Oh yeah. Monday. Oh, it happened. Monday and it night. was interesting just closing off on Tuesday. They were back at, at the ballpark and the Red Sox fans gave him a standing ovation in support of him. Um, because, you know, this goes to the whole generalization conversation. All of a sudden, all Boston Red Sox fans are racist. Right. Because of one, one guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, t- we, we don't need to go down that road. So I just wanted to add clarity for anybody listening as to the, the, the story that you were referring to. Right, because I could have thought it was Adam Pac-Man Jones, which... Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is very relevant in Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, good call. Um, but, you know, in, in kind of reading up on that, um, you know, they, there were 62 African-American uh, major league players on opening day rosters, right? So that's you know, not a big number, right? So she's, she's right, you know, um, but how do we, how do we just, you know, talk through that? And I'm curious to get your guys perspective and, you know, are you proactive with your kids and and discussing things like that? Or, you know, do you play it like we did and just kind of wait until it comes? And I think, I think what's interesting about this conversation now that we, we um, kind of pivot and go into it because, you know, for everybody listening, I, I have a daughter, uh, but, you know, she's young. She's four months. Josh has two kids who are less than 10 and Rodney has one on the way. So mm-hmm. we we're coming at this with f- uh, fairly different perspectives. Um, one practical, one very theoretical and the other one uh, a little less theoretical. And it's and it's and, really cool to not be experts because we can explore yeah. it with nothing at risk. Yeah, what's what's fascinating to me about about this whole whole topic in general, just in concept, is when and Rodney, you've referenced this in the past, 
this this idea of assimilation um, when white cultures come over you know whether they're Irish whether they're Italian whether they're Polish Eastern European po- you know whatever it may be over time it's easy to become white with heritage but with black and white it's right there in front of you and it's you have darker skin than I do and I think we become very sensitive. W. Kamal Bell, who is the guy who has that CNN show um, about, uh, I forget the name of it off the top of my head, but, it, you know, about talking about race and really exploring it. He recently interviewed, and it hasn't aired yet, uh, the, uh, the leader of, like, the alt-right. I, I forget his name and really, quite frankly, don't care about his name. Um, he... They, he wants to promote white um, privilege. He thinks it's important we talk about white heritage. You say he... Uh, the, the white supremacist guy. The, the guy of the, the alt-right leader. Because uh, he was interviewing him on the show. And this will air and anybody will watch it and can watch it. And W. Kamal Bell actually believes it's important that you talk about black culture as well. And that these things are part of the discussion similar to... I'm, you know, Josh, you're on Ancestry.com learning about your lineage. Like, we shouldn't shy away from the realities that, yeah, there, this, this exists. But I think, to me, it's about framing up the discussion in that context. Yes, it's different skin color, but, yeah, I mean, this is where their background's from. Similar to I'm French-Canadian and, you know, Rodney has different background and you have a different background. You're, you know, lineage wise, more American than I am in that respect. So if we have the conversation that acknowledges the realities, yes, I mean, yeah, yeah. black people exist, white people exist. We're we're all here and we all come from different places. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and then you talk about the sports aspect. I think that's a brilliant, you went and researched it. It's like, yep, that's a fact. Yeah. Hey, more black people play basketball than they play than play baseball or than play hockey. And good observation. Well, and good then observation, you know, I, I was saying on that part, like to I think another level on even. Yes, the observation is awesome. It's like, oh, well, why? Because then because then there's the socioeconomics behind why a lot more black men play football or basketball versus soccer or tennis or hockey. Um, it's a, it's a fascinating thing. If you've not looked into it to see like, what's happening to cause that. And, you know, and that gets into a lot, a lot of different things. And when we, you asked about levels of racism, I think up until the point that we started recording this, like I, I actually refer to experiences in my life as like, eh, like yeah, it was racist, but it wasn't Mississippi burning racist. Mm-hmm. Like so, like I, I, I ascribe levels to things that have happened to me. Mm-hmm. However, you know, we talked about racism what, two weeks ago, Keith, and mm-hmm. I think that you know, like there's racist, and then there are things that have racist implications or implications to race that may or may, may not be intended. And it's that whole thought that just because you have a good intention doesn't mean that there isn't a bad outcome. And just because you have a bad intention doesn't mean that there's a, not a good outcome mm-hmm. at time. I, you know, like, um, 
because I, I think some of it, like, like your mom saying that's going to hurt property value, like mm-hmm. that's especially at that point in this country. And even at this point in the country, it's a fact, like, like there are certain banking institutions that will not give loans based on the demographics of a, of an area. Like that's just a fact. So, so part of me, when you said it was like, huh, like, is she just really tuned into that? Or is it a more racist comment, like a subtly racist comment? Um, and then that goes to the sentiment that you just shared of the comment may not be intended to be racist because it could be just a sheer fact, similar to the fact that there are more black people that play basketball than, than play baseball. Right, right, the, yeah. At the major league level. Or, but Josh hears it and thinks, wait a second, that's not right because at what, it was 11, 12 years old, you were tuned into the socioeconomic impact right. of, of real estate right. values, right? Like, right. Unless you were, yeah, like, and, you know, I'm sure Warren Buffett was at yeah. that age. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I like to, you know, dabble in real estate at 11, you know. <laughs> well, and then you start talking about, like, uh, unconscious bias yeah. and, like, what are the, like, and we all have it, like, towards, mm-hmm everything like we've got these biases right mm-hmm. and some play out i think some play out towards race and some don't i think for i i personally fall in the camp that if we i don't necessarily think that we should wake our four-year-olds up and say all right today we're going to talk about <laughs> Africans and today we're going to talk about Indians like from India and Pakistanis and like why they're different. Mm-hmm. However, I do think there's something to like when a question comes up or because mm-hmm. children notice everything, right? Like the mouths of babes, yeah. like they're just, yeah. they're pure. They're not, uh, like, they're innocent. I've heard, they're I've had people innocent. say like they were in a Starbucks line with their child and the child just like, your skin's darker than mine. Like just saying that to a stranger yeah. and like, there's no malice, right? There's just, yeah. it's just pure, pure unfiltered observation. observation. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like, that's a moment to say, yeah, melanin, it's a real <laughs> thing. Like, like let's talk about maybe, this. Yeah. And I think maybe that it kind of goes to the thing, like in our culture right now, like we're just, we're all so busy, right? Like we have so much going on that we don't necessarily have time. And, and, and I'm not a parent yet, so I can say this, uh, we don't have time to stop and say, yeah, let's talk about melanin. Because most of the time, it's like, I'm in a Starbucks line because I'm getting coffee because I'm tired because you kept me up all night. Yeah. And I got to get you to school and I got to get to work. And so when you make a comment like that, I immediately apply my categor- categorization of racism hat on that says, oh, don't make a racist comment. Oh, don't say when, that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And and those subtleties, and I kind of want to go back to that that sentiment about the socioeconomic impact as to why more black people play basketball versus baseball and are at the major league level and what leads to that. And this kind of goes back to Josh, are are there the subtleties, et cetera, that starts getting into the realities of observation. Does one actually believe that there are economic impacts to that or do we have racial undertones as to why that difference exists? I, I put it back to you, like what you you say you're worried about these subtleties. 
And the question comes, I mean, what would make you worry about it? It sounds like you're pretty tuned in to the realities that exist in the world. Mm -hmm. But then are there realities that exist that you don't accept maybe as a, as a, as a, well, I'll 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 add on to that. Like, is it the subtle, like, like the comment your mom made, or is it like the unconscious stuff that you're, that you're talking about? Like, yeah, I think, you know, Rodney's kind of right on, right? Like, I wonder if there's things that, you know, when we're talking, like, you're constantly parenting, right? Every, all the time, right? It doesn't stop. It's not like you have time to, like, sit down and really form your thoughts, right, and put it out. I mean, it, sometimes you do, right? But it, for the type. most part, it's, you're just rolling, right? And, right. Um, and I do wonder if, you know, there are things that, that I might say or do, you know, subconsciously that maybe are race. I, I don't, I don't know. Right. I, I think it's fascinating. I think it's interesting that, you know, I think my parents are racist maybe a little bit, right. If that even makes sense. But if you ask them, I'm sure they would say they're not right. So there's, there's some subtle undertones there. And I just wonder, you know, if, if, if I have some of those biases like that and I don't, You know, think about it. I think it's interesting. For instance, so, you know, you bring up observation, Rodney. And when I first moved to California, I remember seeing a little black kid riding a skateboard. And I was like, whoa, there's a little black kid riding a skateboard. And then I kind of caught myself like, whoa, is that racist? No, that's not racist. But, like, just something I've never seen before. You know what I mean? There were, like, where my grandpa and, and my dad's side of the family lived you know, they were minorities, you know, being Caucasian, right? And you just didn't see kids on skateboards, right? And, and hey, I, I grew up in Indiana, so the first time I saw a black guy on a skateboard in California, I was like, what? That's a thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, had the, yeah. I had the exact same yeah. thought. And you know... But it, it bothered me, right? I'm like, what? why did I... Is that just an observation, or do I have, like, you know, a, like a little level of racism that I'm in denial about, you know? I... I Something that uh, that just triggered, you know, there. So the answer is, yes, we all do. We all have some bias towards some group or somebody that's different for whatever reason. What's important in the reality of this is the conversation. One, to make yourself aware of other things that exist, other ideas that could present a an unequal treatment of somebody else for some subtle reason. Mm-hmm. And and two, when you notice those things, not not to say, oh, man, and just beat yourself up over it, but to say, man, I didn't know I had that, and now I don't anymore. Let's move on from it. Let's, let's get better. I think that's a really cool story that shows, that shows those subtle biases that we all have, we all battle with, some are vocalized, that it doesn't necessarily mean, hey, I'm a racist and I treat and I want to subvert other people for being a different colored skin than me and I am superior to them and I'm better than them. But those unconscious biases ultimately, by breaking them down internally and noticing them through conversations and, and dialogue, it gives you more awareness when these things come up for, for your children, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of going back to this idea of what do we do when our when our child throws this bomb on us that you know you you obviously weren't expecting weren't prepared for and and weren't really thinking about it because of the busyness of your day Mm -hmm. um 
and, and being aware of that. So you can model and say to your child, hey, this is the case. I just thought of something about levels of racism. And I want to throw this out there and see what you two think. So if I kill somebody, like purposefully, I'm a murderer. And then, but if I have a thought about doing it, I'm not, right? I just had the thought. It's like, did I act on it? So if I have a thought like, oh, is that black kid on a skateboard? That's weird. Like, I've never seen that. Or, like, if I go call somebody the N-word, like, you know, like, I'm just having the thought and then actually doing something racist. Because I think, I think the word racist and racism, it's just so, it is so polarizing. And it's got a lot of weight to it. So, like, if, if... Like, I hear racist, and I think, like, David Duke, White Hood, like, mm. I got to stay away. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm curious what you two think when you hear it, because I hear you ask about, like, oh, man, am I, am I saying stuff like that, or am I thinking things like that? And we ascribe this, like, that's what racism is. It's and, and, and there's no level of it in our own minds, yet... The reality is in that story, and Josh, I'll give you a chance to respond, but that story, it's just like one of your kids saying, hey, I noticed this. Like when you notice something that you haven't noticed before, it's new. It doesn't mean it's racist. It just is. Um, It would be different if you were with your kid and be like, hey, look at that. There's a black guy on the skateboard. That never happens. Right. Or that, or again, or say or unintended. versus saying that shouldn't happen, and we're going to make sure it doesn't. Like, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, like, right. yeah. The whole and and levels. I mean, I think racism's racism, but I don't know. What, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that on that conversation, especially as it pertains to those subtleties that you concern yourself with in raising your children to be equal. Uh, you're right. It does take it to a different level, right? When you express it, right through verbally expressing it or you know um yeah just there could be other nonverbal reactions as well um but you know i think i would still argue that if you're thinking along those lines right and we're getting past those observations that we talked about but you know if if there are subtle things that you think about that are racist that's that's an issue right those are those are seeds that are going to grow and i think it's it's just a matter of time before you express those right Mm. so it's one thing to think it because a thought pops into your head right mm -hmm. so so oh what happens you know random thoughts pop into your head on a Mm -hmm. daily basis that you wouldn't share with the world because we all Mm -hmm. have them right um it's a matter of okay some of them are going to bother you but if you're just making an observation and saying whoa yeah acknowledge it and then like I've never seen that before. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, holy cow. Like, but I, I, yeah. So I don't think that was a racist thought. Maybe I'm obtuse and and trying to defend my, I I mean, Um, I had the same thought, so I I hope it's not racist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, when I moved to LA, um, I don't know if I told you this key. When I moved to LA, I was at a, in a Costco parking lot. And so my wife is white. We both grew up in Indiana and which is predominantly white and black. There are, mm-hmm. there's obviously tons, there's other, but like, predominantly yeah. white and black. Yeah. I'm in a Costco parking lot in Torrance, California, and it is 
I just got out of the car and looked around. I was like, huh. And I called her. I was like, babe, we're both minorities. I'll talk to you after Costco. Like, and it, <laughs> I was, it was just like all like Asian and Latino. And I was just like, wow. And, and I'm sure some people getting that experience are like, wow, I'm getting back in the car. Like, yeah. it's, it's too much. Yeah. But, you know, it was just it was just a thought. And I had it and shared. It was more of an innocent like, huh, that's cool. But but I think to your point, Josh, it's like, well, where does that thought like what's the thought after that thought? Like, how do you yeah. How do you react to it, and and then yeah. how does it grow from there? Does it turn yeah. into a, we got to get out of here, like, I need to go back yeah. to what looks yeah. like me? Does it fester, right, or, is you know, yeah. is it just an observation, and, you know? And to me, what's interesting about it is it's like having a child thought, right? Your child is going to have that same thought. I've never seen. They may actually verbalize it because maybe they're five, six years old, and kids say the darndest. Wait, so are we saying that I'm basically a five year old because I've? <laughs> I, I would have told you that from the beginning, right? So, so you have that thought. Your kid has that thought. Your kid has you to walk through why that thought is what it is, or what the observation is, and what the reality is. Maybe they ask you a question. Yet, when we have the thought, we flag, we tag metadata to it. And we mm-hmm. say racism, right, rather than observation. And then we, we, we battle with it. And I think it's important that we realize the context and the, the, the potential negativity of where that could go. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to the article, say we're all racist and then we can all move forward because we're acknowledging the problem. Um, and then we, we do, but the reality is no matter what happens, I'm always going to look at a fish as a fish. People who say, I don't see color. Like I look at Rodney, his skin color is different than mine. Like it's, it's not a judgment. It's not a criticism. It's just a reality. It exists. Does it mean, um, I'm a racist because I see that my best friend's black? No, it's just, you know, he is. Um, and I think, by realizing these undertones that we have and working through them, especially when it comes to our children, is that we have to reconcile those things in ourselves. So when our child makes an observation that you can't deny, um, we, we manage it in a way that says, yeah, I like the way you approach things. Yeah, we're all equal. Like, or even ask the question, like, what do you think about that? Like, what, what, when you make that observation, what are your thoughts? Or like you did, hey, hey, that's an interesting thought. Let's go research it and see what the ratio is. Who's who's doing, you know, who's playing what and mm-hmm. how do we play it? Yeah. Um, you, you, guys, you guys have, like, with this podcast kind of inspired me to, you know, talk. Like I said earlier, we're kind of non-confrontational, uh, you know, in our DNA, right, kind of to our core. But I think there are, are healthy things you can do to foster those conversations, right? And I think basically what this podcast is, is all about. And, you know, I love uh, the fact that you guys are doing this and, and the direction you guys are going, but it's all about having those conversations and, and kind of getting back to, to Rodney's point earlier about just an observation about being a minority. I want to kind of do the same thing with my kids, right? I want to make sure as a parent that I'm putting them in a situation at some point, there's, there's some diversity with where we live, right? But it's predominantly white. Um, but and I might look if I can go on a quick story, right? I think I was fortunate enough to be uh, in a situation where I was a minority relatively early on, 
Um, and in contrast, my brother was put in a, a completely different situation where he was a minority much later on. And we both had totally different experiences from it. But um, it, it might be kind of interesting. But I, I did a missions trip right to Kingston, Jamaica when I was 12 years old. So, uh, you know, we get off the plane and we're packed in this van. And I remember, uh, you know, people pointing at the van and going, white tees, white tees, white tees. And, you know, coming from... Birmingham and you know and like I said with the you know grandfather's perspective that I did and now all of a sudden I'm the minority right and I'm going whoa holy cow like this is different right and then it, it, I think I thought it was kind of cool to see like this is what it feels like you know and um I, I hope or I like to think that 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 experience helped me to see you know the other side and helped you know kind of instill uh, the proper values in, in my head, right? And, you know, prevent any racism, racism from creeping in. I want to put my kids in a situation like that at a good age, around 12, right? Where they're mature enough to kind of process it. And I'm sure they'll observe it because they're pretty observant kids. If from my perspective, what I want to do with my kids is talk about it, right? We don't exhaust it, right? But just make sure that, uh, you know, they understand that uh, everyone's you know, put here as equals, right? I think what really resonates better are those little incremental things that you do along the way, right? So having friends that are different than us, right? That eat different kinds of food and, and you know, decorate their house differently, right? So I think those, and talking about those things, right? Hey, you know, my, my kids are very observant. They ask a lot of questions like we've discussed, right? So, you know, when we go to other people's houses, right, they often ask about that. So I don't think there's like a big, at least from our approach, there's not like a big bang or a big one conversation that, you know, sorts it all out. But I think it's, you know, incremental steps and then, you know, discussions along the way and, and just trying to have a, a good attitude and, and having good kind of ongoing conversations about things that are that are tough right i think i think this has been i i want to thank you for coming on i think what amazes me about this conversation especially in your practical experience of raising children is the power of perspective which is ultimately what we're trying to expose right so we can all take a moment to to evaluate it and 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 evolve right and and be better and more accepting and more tolerant so i can't thank you enough for coming on the show i can't thank you enough for having this conversation it's awesome um and you know definitely thank you i appreciate it yeah thanks thanks for having me fellas and uh you know what this podcast is about is hey let's talk about it right and you know as parents it's harder to have that conversation right and to to talk about racism or sexism or religion or whatever it is right those are hard parental conversations right and you wonder like okay at what age does it make sense right my seven-year-old asks a lot deeper questions than my five-year-old do we keep them both together and have this conversation together where he's staring at the ceiling is that productive right it's it's hard right the easy thing to do is to throw a device or turn on the tv right um so yeah i think it's it's good that we're all on the same page that you know we should foster that communication and have those conversations you know as parents with their kids thanks for listening and uh tune in next time this is under the skin